Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Startup Nightmares. Startup Nightmares is a podcast that aims to inspire those who work in the startup world to do the best work they can the best way possible while dodging some bullets doing so. I just need to like work on my business and then I'll get back to eating well and then I'll go back to you know training and then I'll have a proper night's sleep. My body was really at the point it's like hey you didn't listen to the little warning sign of you know a, a bad digestive system and you know you weren't listening to when you had the aches and pains you weren't listening when you had the headache here have something severe. All of our guests have been to the dark side of the innovation ecosystem and came back to tell their tale. My name is Tal Shmueli and I will be your host. Katie Baycock, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here. I've uh, seen you on stage in a few months ago and you are an anxiety expert. Yeah. I'm dying to learn how you become an anxiety expert. I think <laughs> I have a, it's, a, it's a more complicated story than it sounds. But before we do that, let's uh, maybe kick it off with something a little simpler. Can you please tell us uh, who you are, what you do, and why do you do it? Fair enough. So I am Katie. Thank you for introducing me, and thank you so much for having me. I had such an awesome time when I spoke and you saw that, so that was really awesome for you to invite me in today. But what I do is I work with a lot of corporate professionals, namely like CEOs, founders, managing directors, and things like that, talking to them about the impact that stress has on their body, their mind, and the impact that it's having on their business. So... That's what I do. And why? Why do I do that? That's right. I thought I forgot something. Um, so the reason why I got into, into what I'm doing is when I, I worked in corporate for 10 years and I really busted my butt, but I didn't realize that I was a stressed or had anxiety. I didn't really think that that was me at all. But when I was around 26, 27, I started getting really severe health issues that just came out of the blue in what I thought was out of the blue. Um, but I mean, we're talking, I had cold sores all up my face, you know, my body was riddled with inflammation. One day when I was 26, I got out of bed and my left hand was three times the size of itself. I was severely unwell and it just progressively got worse. And every time I went to the doctors, they're just like, I can't find anything wrong with you. And then they would start saying, oh, you're just stressed or anxious. And I was like, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm all right. But um at the end of the day, when I started looking at the impact that stress has on the body, I was like, oh, oh, okay, maybe I do have stress. Maybe like being super highly strong isn't just a part of who I am. Maybe it's actually, there's something else going on here. So when I started realizing that and overcame, you know, burnout and those health issues and recognizing, oh, hang on a second, anxiety didn't just ruin 
my health, it also impacted the way that I worked and impacted my productivity, impacted the way that I had mental clarity. And I realized I was like, I'm not the only one. Like I'm not the only person in corporate that has felt this way. So I decided to create a business to help other people in similar situations to make sure that they don't, I go down the same path I went, went down and two, to just make sure that they can be the best versions of, of themselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. You said a few things that uh, piqued my interest. First, yeah. um, so you said you were working for a corporate for 10 years while yeah. experiencing heightened levels of stress and anxiety. Yeah, so I worked in recruitment and corporate sales in a couple of different jobs. Um, but I burned out two, two times in corporate, so I had to quit my job, I had to go home, rest up, and then I went back into it and did the same thing over again. So this podcast is called Startup Nightmares, and it's talking about situations that are particular or unique or the way they manifest in the startup mm-hmm. ecosystem. And one of the benefits, supposedly, of not working for a startup but for working for a corporation is that you have more established protocols, mm-hmm. HR departments, uh, welfare, wellness teams that are looking after mm-hmm. you. You're describe this, describing a situation when you repeatedly experienced the implications of the heightened levels of stress and anxiety, but there was no one there to pace you. Nope. Uh, I think, I guess when you're working in a, a corporate situation, sometimes you get lost. Um, I think also, you know, this is, you know, we're going back a few years ago now, like 10 years ago, like eight, 10 years ago, where burnout wasn't really spoken about, stress and anxiety wasn't really spoken about. And I did have good managers that were like, hey, is everything all right? But you know, I was in denial. So even if you came to me and said, hey, I don't think you're coping, I'd have been like, no, I'm fine. Like, I, I, can, I can keep going. And, you know, that, it, it, you know, really did just filter out that way. So, yeah, I had the support there. But, I mean, I, I might not have taken it myself because I was in denial for an awfully long time. If you were in denial and you didn't know what you were going through and, you, and your managers didn't know what, mm-hmm. uh, what you were going through, it's also very hard to spot it on others. Yeah, it so can be. it could be that your cubicle neighbor is going through super hard times and, you know, you just dismiss it as, you know, it's work, it's pressure, it'll blow over. Yeah, I think we, we normalize stress and anxiety and I think it's a normal part of work. It's, you know, how many times do you have a conversation with a friend and you're like, hey, how are you? And they're like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm good, I'm just really busy. I'm just a bit stressed out. It's, we say it in such a normal normal way that it's become a part of everyday life. So I think that when someone comes to you and you just go, oh, yeah, I'm really busy, I'm just a bit stressed out, it, it sounds really nonchalant, like it's not a huge issue. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that I see today with stress and anxiety, you know, especially when you work in like a high-pressure job, if you're in sales, if you're in startup, you know, you've got, you've got targets to hit, you've got quotas to meet. It, it is quite pressured uh, and you have a lot of deadlines as well. So it seems to breed stress and anxiety and it seems to be the norm. And what I understand that kind of help you break through that circle is not when, you know, when the stress and anxiety became visible as in cold sores, as in your hands becoming three times bigger, like if it's internal, if I don't sleep well, if my digestion isn't well, like Mm -hmm. it's easier to contain. But now when I have to explain to the environment why my beard is falling off, why I have cold (laughs) sores on my face, like this is when you go and see the doctor yeah I think when you know obviously when I got to that point when I look back I hindsight's a beautiful thing um but when I look back I definitely had warning signs I just didn't pay attention to them you know I wasn't sleeping 
But in my head at the time, I was justifying that. It's like, it's okay. Like, I'm just being really productive. I'm doing, I'm doing what I need to be doing. It's okay. Like, sleep is optional kind of thing. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's really not. You know, when you're starting to have the physical symptoms that were coming out, my body was really at the point. It's like, hey, you didn't listen to the little warning sign of, you know, a a bad digestive system. And, you know, you weren't listening to when you had the aches and pains. You weren't listening when you had the headache. Here, have something severe. And it was like my face. So, yeah. Part of what you said about normalizing stress and anxiety is also Mm -hmm. learning to live with them. And this is how things are. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's a really that's a really big one. I think everyone's like, oh, stress is just a part of life. It's like, it is to a point, but you know, we're all gonna we can't remove every single stress from our life. That's just unrealistic. We actually do need to have some kind of stress in our life. It helps us keep keep us alive, especially with the fight or flight response, right? You know, if you're crossing a road and a car comes zooming past, you want to know to jump back. That's you know, we need that kind of stress in everyday life, but we don't need to be living in it eight, 10 hours, 16 hours a day, which a lot of people are living in that kind of kind of stress and anxious world. And it's having such a detrimental impact on their body. The fight or flight you're mentioning is a, it's part of a, it's part of a internal biological yeah. protocol. It's an, auto, it's an automatic response to a perceived threat or a perceived stress. Which is the difference between also stress and anxiety, right? Yeah. So stress is, you know, you're having an, a physical reaction to, you know, a car driving down the road, or if we go back to like prehistoric times, a lion, tiger, or a bear. But anxiety is the same physical response that stress would that you would have with stress, but there's no stressor there anymore. There's no reason for you to feel that stress. So you could be sitting on your couch, absolutely having nothing happened, and you get that moment of like, oh, I'm feeling a bit anxious, and there's no rationale behind it. Is there a way for a person to understand if they're experiencing anxiety or stress? I think sometimes that we use the words interchangeably, so we've got to be really careful on how we use the, the language. It's like, I'm just really stressed and anxious. It's like, okay, cool. So I think it's understanding what are you actually stressing about, but are you just sitting at home and nothing's really going on? There's no reason for you to be stressing and understanding what's going on in your life and taking sort of an audit of your life. It's like, does it make sense for me to be feeling this way towards anything? And I think it's really easy to go, oh, it's, it's work, but... When you dig a little deeper, it's like, what is it about work? Like, what is it about these things that are causing these physical reactions? So I think anxiety is a little, is, is quite a bit more severe than just being stressed. And it's a, it's a constant, it's a constant feeling. You mentioned something about the uh, warning signs, and I'd like to learn more about what do they look like, how to spot it, how to spot them on ourselves and on people around. I guess um, the best one is to understand yourself, really. So for a lot of For me, I had to go with the physical signs and symptoms of, okay, cool, am I I not coping with the stress? So for me, it was more like, okay, what's going on with my sleep? You know, asking yourself really simple questions like, are you falling asleep easily? Are you waking up feeling refreshed? Are you waking up feeling tired? Or are you waking up feeling agitated? There's some pretty good signs that maybe you're feeling a bit more stressed than you actually might be aware of. The other thing is, is really understanding your digestive system, like understanding, you know, how, are you going to the bathroom too often? Are you not going to the bathroom enough? Are you eating lunch and feeling incredibly bloated? That, that's another pretty good sign that you're a bit, you're, you're feeling really stressed out. An interesting fact about stress is, like I said, it's a physical response, but 
if we're feeling stressed, what actually happens is the blood flow to our digestive tract actually changes. So it actually flows away from the digestive tract to go to our arms and legs for like running away or potentially fighting a threat. So if we're eating food in that, you know, we're not really digesting our food properly. So this is a big reason why digestion is getting hugely impacted. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, I've just got IBS. I've just got an allergy. I've just got an intolerance. It's like, okay, maybe you're actually just not managing your stress. Like maybe you're, maybe you're just not coping with that aspect. Um, you know, a few of the other, other signs is, you know, how am I actually feeling? Do I feel energetic throughout the day? Am I feeling tired? You know, and I think the other things is understanding how, what are your behaviors like? That's another really big one. Are you normally somebody that's really calm, really chilled out? You know, you go on with your day, but then all of a sudden you're starting to snap a little bit quicker. You're getting angry, you're getting frustrated quicker. Things are irritating you more than normal. There's some pretty good behavioral signs that you're like, okay, maybe I'm actually, I've got some stress going on. Maybe there's there's something there as well. And I think on other people, I think someone will always tell you when you're stressed out and it's easy to see it in someone else rather than in yourself, I think. But I think sometimes when you see people, especially if they're looking, you know, frazzled, you know, there's people that you come into work and they're, they seem like they're just, they, they kind of vibrate into work because they're so stressed, if you know what I mean. They're pretty easy to spot. Easy to spot. Um, vibrate you know, into work. That, you know those people where they just... I, I know exactly what it looks like. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah, so I think that's a good way to spot it too. A few things that you said that I'm like, oh my God. One is waking up agitated. Yeah. I it happened to me a few times and it felt like it felt very wrong when it happened. Yeah. But I was blaming myself. Maybe I reached for my phone a little too soon. Yeah. Or maybe I don't know, I should have I should have gone to bed an, an hour earlier. So I was very angry with myself, but I was waking up and already my day was ruined. Yeah, you wake up and you're like agitated, you're nervous or you're really excited and you're like I don't really know why. I spent a lot of time doing that when I was like you know, in my head, I was like, I'm just really excited for life. It's like, yeah, but it didn't feel good after a while. <laughs> like, after a while, I was just like, like, I can't really breathe properly. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of frustrating when that happens. Is stress a given? I think life, you're going to get th- thrown curveballs in life. It's just a given. Like, you're always, you know, if it's at work, like, you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad month you're going to have times where things are quite difficult you're going to have difficult conversations you're going to have difficult meetings they're going to have those you're going to have those feelings of stress but having the coping mechanisms is going to be really important so being able to understand to recognize a your stress pay attention to it and understand hang on okay what can i do in this moment like what am i what am i what could solve this problem how could i remove this stress the um, part about managing stress i get mm-hmm. you know it's inevitable you want to live at least for periods of time outside of your comfort zone. So so you will be stressed, fair enough. But in startups, oftentimes when when your remit at work is very, very, very broad and you're trying to do things that are unprecedented in an environment Mm -hmm. that suffers from a lot of uncertainty, so you also have to choose what to get stressed about. Yeah. That's a, a, you know, I work with a few people that have done startups and, and... you know, when you start, when you're doing a startup, you're kind of the jack of all trades, right? Like you're doing everything or you're trying to do everything. You're trying to build a team. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to do all those different types of things like, you know, crowdfund or get money, get investors and all that kind of stuff. And you're trying to, ha- you're wearing all these different hats and that can become super overwhelming. So being able to understand how to manage that and prioritize is what I've noticed with startups is one of the biggest and important tasks. And yeah, choosing 
do you know what? That's my highest priority. That's something I'm going to focus on. That's what I'm going to tackle. Everything else, you know, I can do that. I can do that later. Like just taking those small bite sizes of the of the business. The key word is choosing because yeah. you won't be able to do everything. You won't be able to do even the things you chose to do mm-hmm. at the level you'd want to do them. And I think that's where managing stress becomes a super critical yeah. part of succeeding or not succeeding. You also spoke about noticeable behaviors and mm-hmm. looking, am I being more irritable and mm-hmm. so on. And that's very hard to do, in fairness. Like, you need deep self-knowledge and the ability to self-reflect to be able to say, actually, I'm f- far away from my baseline. Yeah. And I think that, you know, having your self-check-ins daily to be like, hey, did I... You know, sometimes we don't know what we've said, but there's a feeling inside us. We're like, I could have probably handled that a little bit better. Pay attention to that because... I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed, especially people that are stressed, they get an uncomfortable feeling, but because they've got so many uncomfortable feelings, like, I don't want to deal with that uncomfortable feeling. I'm going to just go and do something that I like. So let me just like put a bandaid on that and go do something that I like. But you got to lean into them because usually that bad feeling is like a behavior that you didn't really like about yourself. So being able to be like, okay, cool. Like I just yelled at my, you know, my colleagues or my partner or my parent or whoever it is. And it's like, I was super out of character. And people will tell you when you're out of character. Normally, it's like, dude, you're out of character. Like, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, yeah. If you're lucky. And if sometimes working in startups work, means working in, uh, in autonomy. You know, you're mm-hmm. working remotely sometimes. You're working with people who are swamped and are mm-hmm. dealing with their own things. So they're not as, as uh, their antennas are not as uh, acute as you'd want them to be. So yeah. you can go for months without anyone realizing that you have a problem or if they're especially self-reliant, maybe mm-hmm. they find like, I cope with my stress, you cope with yours. So there's no mutual accountability mm-hmm. in that regard. I think the other thing is as well, people don't like talking about their stress. They don't like talking about that they're not coping. And I think one of the biggest elements, especially when you're starting a business, it's, well, you know, it's just a part of the job. It's just a part of what we're doing. And, you know, it's, and you don't want to talk about it as well. It's like, well, I don't want to come across like, you know, I can't do this. I don't want to come across like I'm, 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 it's a weakness. And I think that that's another huge element of it. So yeah, talking about open spotting and someone else can just be like, you know, if you see someone else being stressed, a lot of the times it's not always beneficial to go to them like, hey, you look stressed. How can I help you? Like, do you know what I mean? You've got to tackle that in a really different way. Subtle and indirect. Yeah. How do you help folks who have to normalize stress and anxiety yeah. to perform? I think a lot of the times, you know, we you have to take a bit of an, you know, a bit of the audit. So what I do personally is I work with, okay, cool. Like, where are your, where's your physical health right now? Most of the people that come to me, they're like, I'm physically not coping. Like, my nutrition's off, like my sleep's off, all of that's off. So we get them back to baseline on diet, exercise, and sleep. Because if you physically feel bad, it's going to be so much harder to overcome that stress, that anxiety. It's going to be so much harder to be able to get to that level and then we work on okay cool well how do you react to stress let's actually when you're feeling those those moments of overwhelming stress giving you some exercises to do like what can you do like deep breathing um what can you do every day to help make sure you're setting yourself up for situ you know setting yourself up if you are going to be in a stressful situation what's the mindset you need to go into like how can you you know focus on the facts like what can you actually be doing in those in those moments and then this, and the third thing that we do is, 
okay, cool. Let's have an audit of your business, of your life. What are the things that are causing the most stress? How can we mitigate them? How can we lower them? How can we either remove them or change a bit of a focus on them? Because I think that that's a really big aspect. And let's work with, like I said, like working with what with the tools that we've got right now and building on them. So they're the three ways that I sort of work. And I think sometimes it's taking that massive step back and understanding where you're actually really at. And I think taking one step at a time rather than trying to focus on everything. Like if you try to focus on everything on your list at once, it becomes very daunting and very overwhelming. I know that your website has a protocol that uh, kind of like, okay, kind of anxiety relief protocol 101 type situation. Yeah. I've gone on to look at it and it's super, super helpful. If I, let's say, if, if we distill it. So first of all, if you look at the like a list of all the stressors in your mm-hmm. life, categorizing them. Yeah. Um, self-worth, super philosophical, but mm-hmm. also so things that are super minimal, like time management. Yeah. Um, so let's, Productivity. Productivity, yeah. So yeah. categorizing them, prioritizing them. And then you mentioned a biological baseline. Mm-hmm. Is that a hard sell to people who always eat on the go, work late, don't have time to exercise? You have to do a lot of convincing in order to get them to understand that their mental health is reliant on a physical one. Actually, that's actually the least hard sell that I have to usually get people on. But the way that I sell it, I'm like, if you want to run a business, you have to be physically able. You have to be physically being able to do it. It's not all, you know, your brain and your body aren't separate things. You know, your mind and your body have a connection there. So you have to be able to make sure that you're doing that. But I also talk about, you know, how do you physically feel? They're like, oh, I'm really drained. Like, I don't I don't have any energy. It's like, well, let's fix that. Like, let's, let's get that back. So we need to focus on you as a physical human. You're saying, that. you're saying let's get that back. But how many people have actually experienced peak performance? Because you slide into, yep. into the workforce. And 10, 15, 20 years later, you realize something had gone horribly wrong. And yeah. you don't have a tangible... Like, you have no idea of what you're meant to feel. So it's like that you don't know how good you can feel until you feel good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I totally understand like, that. Like, modern medicine describes health as the absence of disease. Mm-hmm. And but some of these, you've got to remember, stress is going to cause disease. So sometimes these guys are coming to me going, like, my digestion isn't quite working. Like, I've got cardiovascular disease. They've got, they might have something going on or they have a fear of it because maybe they've seen somebody in their senior go through it. We've, there's so much talk about... Cardiovascular disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, all that kind of stuff. People are scared of getting that. They're like, I don't, you know, I don't want to have that. So, you know, we do see that shift. Like I am seeing those people that are like, I just really want to prevent this. I just don't want to have that physical health issue. And a lot of the times that you're right, they don't know how good they can feel until they start changing one small thing. And a lot of the times what I do is I go to, I meet them where they're at. So if you're somebody that's like, I eat out all the time. I do all, like, I don't sleep, I don't do anything for myself, I don't do exercise. I come and meet you where you're at. I'm like, okay, cool. How about we just agree that you have breakfast in the morning? Or you, you have one meal that you cook at home this many times a week. And then we build up from there. So it's, you know, you've got to meet them where they're at. Like, you can't just do, hey, have a whole overhaul of your life. It's insane to me because you know what it looks like when it's done right. Yeah. And it's written everywhere. Yeah. It's not knowledge that is hard to obtain. No, it's not. <laughs> you don't need an anxiety expert to know that you need to eat properly and mm-hmm. sleep well and exercise. So why is it so hard and how do people slide into situations that require oh. external help? And also, how can you convince them that 
having breakfast is a beginning of a solution for the whole lifestyle situation. So I started off as a nutritionist. That's actually, before I went into corporate, I ran my own nutrition business. And a lot of the times people would come to me going, I want to lose weight. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, what does that mean to you? And they'd give me their whys and all of those kind of things. So by the end of it, but they're like, but they would give me like, they'll go, I go, give me an example of your diet. And it would be immaculate. We're talking like there was nothing wrong with their diet. So I'm like, what's going on here? But the, they knew what they were meant to be doing. They just weren't doing it. So you got to figure out why they're not doing it. A lot of the times when people start up businesses, they'll have this, oh, do you know what? I just need to get through this first phase of like, maybe you're in the beginning stages of your business. Like, I just need to like work on my business and then I'll get back to eating well and then I'll go back to, you know, training and then I'll have a proper night's sleep. But once they get to that, whatever, you know, milestone that they're trying to reach, things just get busier, right? Like if you're starting to build a business, like I'll just, you know, I'll just hire 10 employees and and then that'll take a bit of pressure off my off me and you know we're starting to make money that's okay and I'll get there but once you're there you've got 10 people you got to manage you've got other hats that you're now putting on and you've not actually implemented what you said you're going to do and it's like okay cool now what I need to do is I just need to reach this goal and then you start creating bad habits and then you're like well I'm here now like I'm just going to keep going I've clearly gotten to where I need to be why do I need to do that and by the time you've looked back it's like 5, 10, 15, 20 years later and you're like I never went back into the gym. So a lot of the times what we've got to do is my whole thing is like you're a human being first and a business second. So you've got to, you are the human being in your business. And what if you could be doing better, being more productive, being able to better handle um, problems? How, what, you know, we work on that aspect, but to get there, you have to have a clear mind. You have to have a good diet. You've got to physically feel good. What if you could be doing better? And I think that that's one of the elements that, I talk to people about, and yeah, they know what they're meant to be doing, but they don't understand the seriousness until they get sick. By the time people have come to me, they know what I'm about. Like, my business is pretty clear, right? So if you're coming to me for, like, help me with this, it's like, well, you know, you've got to do what I'm saying, right? If you don't do what I say, I won't, I won't, like, I won't hire you as a client. Like, I won't let you be my client, right? So most of the time, people know what they're getting into. Now, I personally will give people all the information. If they don't like it, then that's on them. But you have to own it. Like I'm all about ownership, accountability, taking responsibility for yourself as well as your business. And you need to take responsibility for yourself and your business at the same time. You can't just take full responsibility of your business and lose yourself in that. What you're saying about about accountability also, I think, ties to capability. Yeah. Do you believe you can change? Do you believe that this is something you can control? And maybe a small habit you break gives you the control back like mm-hmm. actually i can carve myself those 10 minutes mm-hmm. actually i can leave work half an hour early to cook my own dinner yeah and believing that you can change is is huge so even if the physical benefit of a 10 minute walk is not something you would see in your next blood tests yeah the ability to take control over your life your habits your productivity yeah. can that's something you can scale. Here's the other thing is as well, a lot of the times when I get clients, we focus firstly on what they can do like with their physical health. A lot of these guys come to me like, I'm ready for this massive overhaul. Like I really want to change everything. And I'm like, it's super unreasonable and unrealistic that you're going to be able to achieve that or maintain that in the long term. We've got to meet you where you're physically at. A lot of the times these guys have been athletes. They've been like into sport. They've been exercising, but it's been 10 years, but they want to go back to what they were doing 10 years ago. It's like, Okay, we have to be really honest. We have to own where you are right now, how you got here, and we have to reverse that back. Like going back to self-knowledge, know how you heal from the day. 
yeah. know what you need to do to show up prepared the day after. And it's also knowing your limits, right? I think a lot of the times we forget our own limits. So, you know, when I fight, when you speak to these people, they don't understand that they've overextended their limits. They haven't known, you know what, maybe I've pushed it too hard. Maybe I've done too many 16-hour days in a row. Like maybe I haven't had enough weekends, you know, weekends off, and it's being able to understand, hey, you know what, like – you need to take the you need to take that step back and understanding you have a limit you need to figure it out and you know that's what we do right you need to figure it out that's the key because you don't you don't know your limit until you've met it until you've passed it until you like the road runner you're in a heap on the ground uh, exactly <laughs> like you like you the road runner you're flying off the cliff and then you look mm-hmm. down and like oh shit okay the cliff ended there and yeah. I'm like it's a little too late to go back now and i think sometimes self reflection is one of the biggest things and self-awareness is one of the biggest things that you've got to do, especially with, I think, with anything in life, right? You need to have, be able to look back on your day and go, did I do that the most effective way that I could have? Yes, no. If it's no, what could you have done better? Like, why didn't you do good at it? Like, what what are you going to do next time to set yourself up? And a lot of those times, it's, you know, you have those conversations like, oh, I wish I said this, but, you know, for next time. Or, you know, hey, do you know what? Before I went into this meeting, I was really agitated. I was really angry. Maybe... Next time, if I'm feeling agitated or angry, don't have that meeting. Don't go to that, you know, you know, reschedule because you're not going, they're not going to get the best out of you. You're going to feel bad about yourself and you're creating more stress in, in a situation. And I think it's understanding where you're at physically and what you're capable of doing. And I think that that's a really important aspect to it as well. Yeah. And I think self-awareness also ties into knowing that the people around you are probably suffering from that as well. So, of course, if you're yeah. the junior member of a, of a high-performing team, okay, you're carrying the anxiety now. You're the one that needs to prove it themselves. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, your manager is probably suffering from certain levels of stress and anxiety, and your colleagues are as well. Yeah. Now, how does one facilitate these conversations or, or do that and avoid the stigma? Yeah, I think, do you know what, I've got to say the UK have done, been doing a really good job of talking about it more. There's some phenomenal companies out there actually talking a lot more about mental health. Um, you go on LinkedIn, so many people are sharing their stories and actually being vulnerable and starting to talk about it. I think it's going to start becoming a company culture because obviously if you're that one person in a company culture that's very, you know, feels very, you know, sterilized and very rigid and very cold, you're not you're not going to feel like you can trust people to open up to, but creating like a warm culture from a company standpoint, if that is what a company wants to do. And a lot of companies are really wanting to focus on this because, hey, they're losing great staff. They're losing their top performers because those top performers are burning out and getting stressed out because we didn't know what was going on. So I think it's creating a culture where it's acceptable to talk about in a safe zone. Having education, like doing a first aid course for managers for mental health and understanding what that looks like. And also understanding, you know, a lot of the times when managers become managers, you know, having that training to communicate properly, listen properly, watch for warning signs properly is going to be really important for people. And I think it's got to come from a company-wide thing. I just don't think one person's just going to be like, I want to, I'm just going to start being vulnerable in front of people because they don't know it's okay. So I think Mm -hmm. it's got to come from the top going, hey, guys, it's all good. Like, you know, especially when you're in a startup and you've only got a few employees sharing that's like hey guys i'm i'm stressed as well and i'm I'm really trying hard to like get through this and i understand that you guys are stressed let's have a chat about it because maybe you're stressed about something that's an actual easy fix and you guys can talk it out and having that communication is really important but you have to feel safe to do that right can't just jump in and do it when i one of the, the day the day that i woke up and i was like all right all right i'm gonna start paying into the stress and anxiety stuff was you saw it in my talk i woke up and i had a cold sore like 
it was a quarter of my face. Like it was all up my jawline. And I remember looking at myself, like myself in the mirror and I'm a client facing, you know, person, I'm healthy, I'm this. And I look like Shrin Baratheon, right? Like I, I, my face is covered in like bumps. It's, it's awful. And I looked at my face and I was like, okay, no, I can't keep denying the impact that stress and anxiety is having on my body. I was having panic attacks at that time. That wasn't enough for me. It was actually obviously like a vain thing where it was like, I'm female. And I was like, I can't leave my house for a week now. That's pretty inappropriate. But it's so sad that, you know, I kind of look back and there's this, you know, back, I remember before I used to get so angry at myself. I was like, why did I wait that long to like seek help? Or why did I wait that long to actually take it seriously? Why do we spend so much time in relationships that should have ended, in, in jobs that we should have quit? You know, we get so uncomfortable when we, you know, we get uncomfortable when it's unknown, right? Like if you have to change what you've been doing, that can cause fear and that causes anxiety, right? It's like, well... You know, I remember back in the day, I, you know, I could be the top salesperson. I could be, you know, doing really well on my job. And it's like, well, stress got me there. So what's really the issue? Like, I've become so successful to that. And I tied myself worth to my success. And I was like, so I kept on pushing. I kept on going with it. But at the end of the day, was it worth my health? Absolutely not. Like, I will absolutely hands on. I actually physically couldn't do my job in the end because I was like, I can't get out of bed, right? But I, you know, I get mad at myself. Like, why did I wait that long? And I understand how I got there, but I also didn't know that there was another way. And I think that that's a scary thing. It's like, well, I'm this successful from using this as a fuel. Like people use stress as a fuel. I, I agree with that. But it's not a limitless, it's not, it's, it's not an endless pull, right? You will, you will drain that, you will drain that fuel source. And is, then what have you got left? Is a panic attack the new rite of passage? <laughs> um, I hope not. Um, but I think a lot of people suffer with them I think a lot of people have been getting them especially I'm seeing a lot of young really young people getting them um, really young people getting them yeah yeah I'm seeing like teenagers I've seen teenagers I don't work with kids often but I've had parents go I think my, my daughter had a panic attack I'm like she's nine like what's happening no mm-hmm. and I don't want it to be a rite of passage but some it is like a badge of honor though stress right like look how busy I am look how you know it's look how awesome I'm doing because I'm so busy I'm doing so many things look how productive I'm being and it is like a badge of honor right like it's it comes with you know um how people view you it's like oh you're you're so stressed you must be successful oh look how many things you're doing you must be you must be successful and then it's like well success in what way Right? Like you've got to you've got to put meaning behind the word success. I'm wondering if there's a difference between males and females and their susceptibility and coping mechanisms. Um, so from my experience, um, women will typically get more stressed, but they'll also talk about it a lot more. So they'll go to that. They'll they'll open up a bit more about it. Um, guys feel stressed, but they don't feel like they can open up a little bit more about it. So the coping mechanisms mechanisms that you know, you can, I can, you know, I can work with women and give the same coping mechanisms as men. I typically work with men. That's just not by choice. It just kind of happened naturally. But women typically will, will talk to a friend or go to somebody and, and talk about it. Guys will hold it in because it's like, I'm the man. I got to go to work. Like I, I got to like make, you know, <laughs> got to make the money. I've got to do all these things, but I can't show that that's a weakness because that's my job, right? Like we stereotype you know, we, we typically stereotype men as being these strong people who can just ho- hold on to everything. So I think that understanding that coping mechanism is a bit different between men and women. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. What advice would you give um, women with their partners professionally or romantically to help them cope with stress or acknowledge that it's there? That's a really good question. I'll give you an example. So my fiance has just started a tech startup himself. And when he first started, he was working 12 to 14, 16 hour days. And I went up to him and I said, babes, you know what I do for work? Like, what are you doing? Like, you know that I tell everyone not to do this. Like, let's have a chat about it. Like, do you think that this is sustainable? Like, do you want to have a chat about it? So obviously that was my approach to him. He didn't want to listen to it until one day he came to me and he was like, oh, I, I understand now what you were saying, like those types of things. So I think what when, happened that, that the penny dropped, the penny dropped. He just literally, he woke up one day and I was like, I can't get out of bed. Like I, he was super anxious. He was, you know, he was really just like, I couldn't sleep or I couldn't eat. He was like not going to the gym. He wasn't doing self care. And that's when you go to sleep every night next to an anxiety expert and he still doesn't have a board yeah. of directors or employees. Yeah. Right. He had, he had all the tools there. So I think it's the way you approach it. And I think, it's how you want – it depends on the relationship, right? How do you communicate? And it all comes down to communication. It's like, you know, sometimes I go, you've got to go up to your partner and your loved one and be like, hey, babes, you know, I can see that you're a little bit, you know, you're – I can see that you're you're working a lot harder, you're doing a lot of things. Is there something that I could be doing to help? What what do you need? Do you want to talk it out? Is there something that I can help with? And, and seeing how they, they cope with that and going, look, I'm here to talk. Like, what would you like to do? Some men just won't do it. Some men will just be in denial, right? Like, and you can't – you can't help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves. It's really difficult, especially in that relationship. But opening that door, going, you know, we having that conversation and having those relatable conversations and seeing partners do the whole, hey, listen to this really amazing podcast. And it, it was a guy talking about this. I thought you might relate to some of it and giving them that podcast. More subtle and indirect. Really subtle indirect ways to yeah. do it and, and, you know, kind of, you can't just be, I've seen people and I've been this person where I'm just like born to China house. I'm like, Hey, you look really stressed out. Let, let me help you. And it's like, that's not going to help anyone, especially, especially your partner. That's good advice. Katie, this has been a, this has been amazingly helpful. I personally took a lot from, uh, from speaking with you. 
Any closing thoughts you'd want to uh, leave the world with before we go on and uh, conclude? I guess the biggest thing is, is, you know, stress and anxiety doesn't have to be a part of everyday life in the way that you think it. It's not one of those things where you have to just go, oh, stress and, stress and anxiety, it's everywhere. You know, I have said that things are stressful in life. That doesn't necessarily mean you don't have to have the coping mechanisms. Finding someone to talk to, whether it is a professional, whether it is a coach or whoever it is, finding someone to actually help you if you need those coping mechanisms. But you yourself is probably the best way to actually go inwards and go, cool, what's actually going on and have that self-reflection. But realistically, at the end of the day, there's always a solution to your problem. Finding it is and owning that is, is really, really empowering and actually quite beneficial for most people. That's all I have what to say about stress and anxiety. Where can people go to learn more about your work? So I do a lot of work on my website. I'm always putting up blogs and videos. So www.katiemaycock.com and also LinkedIn. I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn as well. Excellent. And all the ways to reach out to you would be also available on the show notes. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.